Okay. 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 Are you okay? Okay. 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 I'll take that as a yes. 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 Uh, yes. I just realized we're really going to do this. We're going to run this race. I mean, it's a beautiful thing when you think about it. A marathon. And we're going to run it, you know? Oh, yeah. We're going to run all right. I wonder what it's going to be like. You've never run a marathon before? No, but I've got a great feeling about this. I, uh, I think it'll show me what I'm made of. Is that the, uh, is that the starting line? Yep. Uh, lots of people over there. Huh? Uh, it's amazing, isn't it? Yep. I, uh, I better do some more stretches. You're, uh, you're not going to stretch? Oh, I have. You have? Oh, yeah, it's crucial, right? I've been here for a while. Did the stretches. Went over some miles where I tend to have trouble. I did the carb loading last night, of course, and brought the gel packs, Gatorade, for along the way. The, uh, the what? Oh, you know, the gel packs, electrolytes. It's a lot easier than uh, carrying a two-liter or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, hey, hey, Mom, for, forget about the two-liter of Coke. Uh, I don't think it's a good idea. I, I changed my mind. So uh, you mentioned something about um, you mentioned something about miles where you have trouble sometimes. Yeah, uh, that's uh, miles with an S. Yeah, like plural. Yes. Uh, okay, uh, I better do uh, some more stretches. Time to line up. Already. Good morning. Welcome to Church in the Valley. We're glad that you're here to uh, worship with us. Uh, As you saw in that skit, uh, there's something to be said about theory and actually doing something. Um, I don't know about you, but I I have Olympic fever. I'm going to admit it. I stayed up last night. Um, I'm not going to be a spoiler, but some event takes place in water. Some guy did well. Okay. but you know what? What I found is as I'm watching the Olympics, it, it's kind of like I, I feel like I'm a part of it. You know, I'm on the couch, and as the events are taking place, there's that need just to jump out and do a little fist pump. You know, I'm not alone in that. You guys can admit it. But I, I found myself after one of the events, I'm, I'm off the couch by myself in the living room at like 12:30 at night. You know, the great Olympic scheduling, and I'm just no noise, but just. You know, and I, I'm fired up, and I look around just like, what am I, what am I doing? You know, that there's, there's something in us as we see these sports and these events, it just kind of gets something that just fires us up. Just like the characters here, like Ross, he, he had this idea of what it was going to be like to run. And as he was talking to Ben, it was like the details of what that actually looked like came out. Um, for me, I've been watching the Olympics, and I... I had, I had a thought yesterday. I went to the swimming pool, and my thought was, I can be Michael Phelps. <laughs> Your laugh was louder than first service. 
You know, the, 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 I just thought, you know what? I can do that. So I was in the pool yesterday. I'm not going to lie. I tried to do the butterfly. And the butterfly should actually be called a different stroke. Drowning. Because as I was like doing the dolphin kick with the arms, it was kind of like an SOS call. Come get me. You know, I'm just. And what I realized is I'm a much better spectator than I am an Olympic athlete. That may surprise you, but my life is not about being an Olympian. For those of those athletes that have been watching on TV, they've, they've given their whole lives to training and then to execution as the events unfold. And it's a spectacular thing. Well, over the next two weeks, we're going to actually be talking about how Christianity is much like a race that God has called us to. Uh, we spend a lot of time in our lives being spectators for different things. And following Christ, when you dig into Scripture, you find is, is not something that you can be a spectator of. Christianity is lived out as we actually move forward. If you have your listening outline, we're going to walk through the race that, that we've been called to, to run as Christians, what that looks like. And then how to basically continue in the race once we've decided to run the course. Uh, in the New Testament and the Old Testament, they had different terms for living the Christian life. Uh, some of those terms are actually called uh, running the course or running the race or walking on the pathway. This idea of this, this thing called Christianity as you follow Christ as boss is, is like you enter on this course and this route takes you to a destination that God has in mind for your life. And what I've discovered in my own life since I've become a Christian is I've realized that there is no such thing as passive Christianity. Christianity is not a spectator sport in any means. But in, instead, you, you find blessing and you find your real purpose in life as you decide to completely commit to the race that God's called you to. Uh, the first point on your outline there is our true purpose in life is found as we actively follow Christ. Christianity is active. Um, there's something in us that likes to cling to ideas more than we do in actually living things out. Just like for me, you know, it's a lot easier to, to picture myself, you know, I can, I can do that. I can do the butterfly. But when I actually start to do it, I find that dying isn't that good. You know, that's how it is as we follow Christ. At times we, we have these ideas of what that's going to look like. Well, I'm going to just get what I want now. It's going to be great. What you find is, is as you, you go all in with Jesus Christ, he takes you on a journey that at times is very, it's tough. But the blessings that come are far better than if we try to do life by ourselves. So, so real blessing and purpose in life is found as we actively follow Christ. Romans 12.1. This is Paul talking. And in the beginning of Romans, he's laid out basically the whole big picture of Christianity that he created us, and then we went we're, we're our own way as sinners. We missed the mark, decided to, to kind of live life our way. Through Jesus Christ, he saved us and made it right. Gave us the opportunity to, to live a new life. Basically, he gave us the chance to, to run the race his way. We wanted to run it in our own direction for our own purposes, but instead, through Jesus, we can run it his way. And Paul in Romans 12, takes all the previous chapters, 11 chapters, and basically says, because God has given us the chance to run the race differently, this is what we should do. And he says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. 
The sacrifice that you find there is really what it means to count the cost when you follow Christ. It, it is something of sacrifice. A living sacrifice means that you, you go God's way with your whole heart. You commit to not holding anything back from God. And when you find that you are and when you're just trying to kind of do things your own way, you, you surrender to that. What's interesting in this passage, though, is Paul is saying it's not our ideas of how we think things should go that allows us to be that living sacrifice. And he says, in view of God's mercy. Each of us are here because God decided that he wanted to forgive us for what we've done and to, to pour his mercy on us, his, his grace, to give us a second chance. And so when we decide that, you know, I'm going to run this race with everything I've got, we do it out of the fact that God is merciful to us. He provides the fuel to keep on going. Ben mentioned in the skit the idea of electrolytes. Basically, as you run marathons, your, your body begins to break down. If you saw the marathon last night for two straight hours, um, it's like you, you can go away, you can go out to eat and then come back and it's still on. That's a beautiful thing about a marathon. But you, what you find is as they're running it, their legs start to look like they were going to snap off. And they kind of look wobbly. And you're like, uh-oh, they're going to hit the deck. And a lot of times what happens is they, they need more fuel. They need the Gatorade. They need carbs, things like that. Well, for us as Christians, we, we tend to hit those times where we're, we're starting to wobble. We're, we're running out of gas. We're, we're starting to hit the wall on this race that he's called us to. And his mercies are like those electrolytes. His track record with us, how he has come through for us again and again is kind of like the fuel that keeps us going. So we're living sacrifices because of his mercy. One guy said, the idea of a living sacrifice is it's completely voluntary. In the Old Testament, they had a sacrificial system for how you would become right with God. And you would offer a pure, spotless animal to sacrifice for your sin. And they would kill the animal. And then it was the sacrifice. Well, a living sacrifice... The tendency is, is we're on the altar, but we have the choice to, to walk right off. We're, we still have our own will. We still have our own choices. What God's saying is because God is merciful and his way really is better, even though we have the choice to go our own way, we decide that God's way is better. His course is better. So living sacrifice, we have to stay on the altar. And, and then he says, this is pleasing to God, and this is your spiritual act of worship. Worship is... Surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. We come to worship and we, we sing songs and we, we read scripture. But worship is really living your life completely surrendered to God. That's how we actively follow Christ. Fueled by God's mercy. Um, Hebrews 13, 15, and 16. That's not in your, your outline. But it paints a good picture of what that sacrifice looks like. It says, through Jesus, therefore... Let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, fruit of lips that confess his name. The idea is, as you live your life, he is the one you're thankful for. As he provides, you realize it's not because of you, that you have what you have. It's not because of you, you're where you are. It's because of God. And through your lips, you offer sacrifice of praise to him. You just thank him. Then verse 16 in Hebrews 13 says, And do not forget to do good and to share with others for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Again, in my own life, it's so easy to think in concepts about God. Just 
what, what he's like, what Christianity is about. When it comes down to it, what am I doing with following Christ? How is that changing the way I live, how I approach my life, the decisions I make, my relationships, the way I work? What you find is that as you actively follow Christ, all these areas, you can begin to line up with how God says to do things as we read that in Scripture. What you find is, is it means that we do good to people. It means that we share with those. God right there in Hebrews is defining, not only do we thank him for who he is and what he's done, but it actually affects the way that we live our life. Second point is God transforms us as we value the things important to him. So when we actively follow him and decide, God, I'm going to run this race. I'm not going to be passive. I'm not going to be a spectator. I'm going to go all in. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I'm going to begin the race. As we do that, God transforms us. Not only our our idea of, of success and how life should be, but our very lives are transformed. That is the power of, of God. Romans 12, 2. Paul continues, says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, the tendency is to think that we've run this race and it's just going to be kind of like the birds are singing and the, the, the sun is just shining and we're just running the race like, man, this is just amazing. But if you've ever ran a race or you've ever exerted yourself in athletics, you realize that it, it's hard. It, it's hard to keep going. You, you start thinking, you know, every time I run, you know, 10, 10 feet, why'd I do that? You know, you, you start to just wonder, that was a bad idea. But what you find is, is when you run the race, there's a tendency for us to begin to think that it's going to be easy. But there's actually obstacles along this path as we run the race to follow Christ. And that is to basically become like who we were. Each of us, as we went our own way, we lived according to what pleased us, getting what we want, our desires. Scripture, 1 John, describes this as the lust of, of the flesh, the lust of our eyes, and the pride of life. So that, that word, conforming to the world, is basically you see what you want, you decide how you're going to get it, and then once you have it, you think it's the best thing in the world. You're, you're proud of it. That's what, that's what we, we're fighting against. So it's, it's actually, as we're running the race, it's almost like there's two paths that keep alongside each other. They're parallel. And at any time, we have to choose, okay, which path am I going to stay on? There's a lot of times... When, when just those things that we want, whether it's just for people to understand us, to do what we want them to do, or for, for the authority in our lives to just kind of lay us up, just give us a, give us a break. It, it's at those times we begin to veer on the path of self-fulfillment. But God wants to transform us from that. So instead of conforming to the patterns of this world, Paul's telling us, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The idea of renewing there is a renovation. If you ever renovated a house, a lot of times you have to gut what, what is there and replace it with new material. You have to build up something new. And that's what it is. When we decide that we are going to take God seriously in our lives and actively follow him, 
a renovation has to occur in our hearts and in our minds. And that renovation is how to do life according to his value system. The value system that's natural to us is how do I get what I want when I want it? The value system of God is is a loving sacrifice for the good of others. That's what he patterned to us. He loved us and sacrificed Jesus Christ because of us or for us. Because of that, we, we have new life in him. So he wants us to extend that love sacrificially to others, even if they don't return it. That, that's just difficult. In my own life, I, I just find, well, you know, people just are not easy to relate to. They just do what they want to do, and I want to do what I want to do, and you have this clash. You know, it's like your shoelaces are untied as you're trying to run. You keep stumbling on that. And what God is saying is, you've got to choose how you're going to run this race. And to finish, which is the goal, at the end of our lives, to finish the race, we have to decide that his value systems are better than our own. We have to make that choice. Uh, some of the ways that I, I check my value systems in the moment, because what happens is, is we decide to choose God's value systems, and then just like that, we begin adopting the value system of the world. Um, for me, it's, it's how do I define success? Um, how do I know if my relationships are going well? Am I consumed with, with what I need and what I want, just materials, possessions? Am I deciding how everything's going to work out and just planning out my future and, and how everything's got to fit into that. When I start getting into those things and being consumed by it, I, I start realizing, you know, I'm really, I'm not trusting God. I'm, I'm trusting in, in myself. And those are the triggers that begin to remind me that I need the renovation to occur. Because what I want is, con, is consuming me. Um, part of a renewed mind is really built on the foundation that we have to walk by faith, not by sight. This is really one of the biggest fundamentals of, of walking with God over time is, is you walk by faith, not by sight. Second Corinthians 5.7 says exactly that. We live by faith, not by sight. That's, that's really the foundation of God's values. Um, the idea of, of sight is... Everything that we, we see and understand, what, whatever makes sense to us, the, the different ideas of how we think, should, how we think should, things should go, that's kind of the sight. That's, it's all of our plans that, well, yeah, this is going to happen because that's there, and this is going to happen because that's there, and this person's going to do this thing. And what you find is as you live life, at least what I found in mine is the way you think things go, they rarely go that way. Relationships unravel. Jobs that you're securing, you find you're not sure how to do what you're doing anymore. Uh, you just don't like your job anymore. People around you, they're, they're starting to just kind of get under your skin and these things get stale. So the very thing that you had all planned out and I, in my own life, just see it some way, it changes. What I find is I can't rely on my own formula for how I think my life should go. I have to choose to live by faith. Uh, 
one of um, the, my mentors and a, and a wise man basically broke down what it means to, to walk by faith, not by sight. Um, as you listen, just think through the different areas in your life that you may be relying more on what you can see or understand than really trusting God. Let's, let's walk through these. Um, this is really what it means to count the cost. Whether you've been running the race for a while as a Christian or, or you're deciding whether you want to run on this course, these are the things that we have to count the cost for. This means that we are really going to try to view life this way. First thing is we must trust God and do what is right. That's how we run the race well. Psalm 62.8 says, Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. That word refuge is he's a shelter. He will protect you from the things you don't see. Uh, recently, one of the things my wife and I have been thinking about is just, do we need to move into a, a bigger place? Our family's growing. Do we need to move into a bigger place? Where should that be? You know, should we buy? Should we rent? And all these things becomes consuming. Well, a neighbor approached me and, and had this deal for us to, that we could rent their condo. It's a bigger condo. Um, looked at the details. It seemed like it was going to make sense. What I began to find out in my heart, it was like, okay, we're going to move in the condo here, and maybe we'll need this for this bedroom because we got next. And I was running all the scenarios for how it was going to work out. So I had the meeting with him, and upon talking to him, I found out that really I had a choice to make. And he wanted to present that we live there and, and make it appear like they're still living there because of tax purposes. And as he said that, you know, well, you're, you're, you're going to live there, but according to my paper, we're still living there. It's kind of like when he said that, I was like, why would you tell me that, man? Because I knew, I now knew that it was not right. And that's what it means to, to walk by faith is I really saw how everything should work out. And then at that point, I knew the whole plan was, was blown up. And I, and I told him, I said, well, um, you, you guys do what you need to do, but we're not going to be able to live there if it appears that you're still living there. And I just said, you know, I, I, I'm a Christian, and if I do that, God will spank me. And I just looked at him, I said, and I, I've been spanked for, and that's no fun. And that, that's what I found. There's those times where things are so appealing, where you want to just cross a boundary, but you know you have a choice to make. And what this means for us now is we don't have any other options for where we're going to live or how that's going to work out. That seemed like the best option until that door was closed. And so now we just have to choose to trust God and do what is right. There are many choices along this, this race that we run where we can violate what God has set in stone. And this is where we begin to stumble on the path. God really wants us to do right. And when we do, he will be that shelter for us. He will protect us. Second thing is um, we will never not need the help of God. Once you run this race... You decide, you know, I, I'm going to go all in for you, God. I am going to commit wholeheartedly 
to following you, what you find is it's like the journey begins then. Through the pain and through the joy, through the windy roads, the straight paths, you never are going to be okay by yourself without the help of God. Proverbs 28, 20. We all have a choice as we decide you'll be a fool. Basically, your, your life and the outcome of your life will, will not really amount to anything. So God's promise is that your life will mean something as you live according to wisdom. Again, God's value system, what he says is important, becomes important to us. That's like the great calling of God as we're on this race. He, he's urging us to run it his way. And as we do, we, we get to the finish line. The third thing, and this, this one is, is hard, what it means to walk by faith, not by sight. God will not give us a map of our future. You know, there's times where it's almost like I want to barter with God. You know, God, I'll do this if you just, just let me know just a little bit of what's going to happen. And I'm not talking about the day plan. Just the year plan would be nice. Okay, maybe not that, maybe five years. Five years from now, what, what's going to happen? And what I find is that's really so I can have control. All runners, when they run a race, they hit the wall. Just like if you've watched the Olympics, it's that point where the body starts to shut down. When you cannot continue to go on, your, your muscles begin to deteriorate, your will is broken, and you're, you're almost thinking, you know, this isn't worth it. People quit that have trained for years and years and given their life to something because they hit the wall. Well, for us as Christians, the wall is control. Because what we start to realize is we want it. And God says he wants it. And then this tug of war begins. What happens is, is when we allow God to deal with our future, we let him have control. Again, just in our situation with where we're going to live, I don't know how that's going to work out. But again, I look at the fuel for my life, which is God's mercy. And I know time and time again, he has provided on this race. He's given me the power that I need to keep on going. Jeremiah 29:11. You guys have probably heard this verse before. Um, but this kind of hit me a little bit differently as I was looking at this stuff. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Those first three words I've never really read like I did when I started realizing that he is the one with the map of the future, and it's for I know. God is the one that knows our future. And he tells us what it's going to look like as we do life his way. It's going to be prosperous. It's going to be without harm. We'll have hope, and we'll actually have a future. We'll, we will have life. But it's based on those three words, for I know. That's what it means to walk by faith, not by sight. As we count the cost, it's letting God know what he knows and deciding that, you know, God, when you want me to know, you're going to tell me. And he does so through scripture. As we seek wise people, we begin to see God's plan for us. But it's not all written out. So it's like you're running the race and, and the road begins to 
to verve off. And it turns. And you don't know what's on the other side. What I found with walking with God is I'm not going to know what's on the other side. But I know the turns that have happened in my previous years, it's always worked out. And so I know at this turn, at this obstacle, where it begins to be a little fuzzy, I'm not sure how things are going to work out financially or how a relationship's going to um, get mended, how I'll get a job that will provide all those things. I know because of God's track record. Um, I encourage you to just think about what, what are the things you're, you're worried about related to your future. Surrender those to God. Ask God to give you the perspective to trust in Him in the midst of the unknown. The fourth thing, what it means to operate with a clear conscience. The fourth thing is we need to operate with a clear conscience before God. That's really what it means to to walk by faith. We realize that if God has set the life for how it should be lived, and in Scripture He's told us what's important, what we should go after, what we should not, then we need to operate with a clear conscience. This is basically boundaries. Like any course, there are certain boundaries you need to stay within. You know, in my own life, what I find is when I go close to certain boundaries is because there's something in me that's not satisfied. I'm not allowing God to provide in a certain area, and I, I go close to a boundary because I've got to get it for myself. God, you've, you've forgotten how important this is. And so what we have to do is clear conscience before God is we have to stay within the boundaries. Hebrews 13, 18, it says, Pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience and desire to live honorably in every way. We do experience life in a new way as we follow Christ. But the cost is, is we, we attempt to live honorably in every way with God's help. And we mess up. We say things we shouldn't say. We think things we shouldn't think. Um, we don't do as good a job as we should. And God forgives us for that. But his, his desire for us is that with a clear conscience, we, we live honorably in every way. Um, are, are you close to any boundaries that, that God has set? Or are you cross boundaries that you need to, to come back on course? Think about that. Just allow God to, to show you if there's any ways that your, your conscience is not completely clear before God. Some of those are completely clear in Scripture. Some of those could be preferences. Allow God to show you what you need to do according to what is right. So I encourage you, as we, as we watch these Olympics and we're spectators, let's, let's not focus on how we're spectators in our, our faith. If you're checking out Christianity, it is the, the most magnificent journey that you'll ever go, go on. It will be difficult at times, but you will be blessed beyond any measure. If you've been walking with God for a while and, and your relationship's just stale, ask God to, to give you refreshment from others around you that walk with God from His Word. God's goal is, is not that we crumble to the floor on this race, but that we really experience the joy that comes from running it His way. So let's run the race together.
Let's pray. God, thank you for the course that you've laid out for us. Thank you that you have defined how to live life, that you, it's not ambiguous. You, you really have directed us for the way that we should go, and you've given us the strength to keep going. God, help us just to see the areas in our lives where we're passive, where we're not completely trusting you. Refresh us, God, and allow us to realize that you really have such a great plan for our lives, that you really do have a future for us without harm, and you desire to prosper us in every way. Help us to experience the reality of that this week. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.